General Kenobi. there welcome to episode three of hello there a star wars podcast your weekly show for all things star wars my name is anthony palm with me is my good friend nate hicks we've got an exciting episode lined up for you today we'll be discussing dave filoni and company's next project we'll see what we think about alden ehrenreich re-signing for two more solo movies and we return to our last jedi discussion by turning our attention to the octu jedi temple uh so what's going on nate how you been good um you know, elephant in the room. I just went and saw Infinity War last night, so I'm still kind of reeling from that. But yeah, um, I still have not seen that. So, uh, but I- I'll see that first thing tomorrow. <laughs> so by the time yeah. this this episode posts, I'll, I will have seen it. Good, good. Um, besides that, I've actually done, been doing something really interesting. I went ahead and picked up the Solo Last Shot book, and um, I'm I'm enjoying it a lot, actually. Uh, just for some reference, I haven't read a an actual sat down and read start to finish Star Wars book since I was like in middle school, and they had, oh, wow. um, I I don't remember it was it was a more kid like series of Star Wars books that they had e, the EU. I just don't remember the exact name, um, but they had a bunch of those in my library at school, and so I just I read all of them, but um, yeah, uh. Last shot is definitely really good. I'm about it's about eleven hours long, so I'm about I have like seven and seven and a quarter left. Okay, uh, so that's remaining. that's about a, a normal length for like a like if you were to go buy a paper bag off the shelf. Yeah, um, it does a real see. I was kind of I thought that it would be like a more of a primer into their relationship before. Uh, before solo or like you know maybe in the events of solo but it uh it actually so stick with me for a second because we're about to go on a walk i had to figure this out in my head because i'm not good at math i don't know how much you know about the like the actual timeline in the star wars universe like the bby aby uh i would say i'm moderately well versed (laughs) so i had to figure all that out so the bulk of the book takes place when Kylo is two years old. Okay. So, so that's, that would... It's I'm, about I three wanna... years after the Battle of Endor. Oh, wow. It's that soon. Okay. Yeah. They, they, so have, they have been that, that soon after. Okay. Yeah. Which I was surprised by, too. And uh, the vo- I, I will go ahead and say the voice actors who play Han and Lando are really good. Like, the 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 current day versions of them, like... The dude who plays Lando sounds like Billy D, and the dude who plays Han sounds like a gristled Harrison Ford. I'm sure it's not him, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was actually Billy D. Yeah. Now, uh, and then another thing that it does is they flash back to different scenes. One that was really interesting to me 
I think the I think the villain of the book is is uh, I, I I don't think this is right, but uh, Iden Voss or something like that. I don't think that's right. Anyway, uh, I think it's uh, Dryden Voss. Dryden Voss, yeah, I think I think is what it is. But he's uh, the villain in Solo the movie or in Last Shot the book. In 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 Last Shot the book. Okay, like, so that's, he's in that's both. the okay. antagonist of the book. Yeah, but um, apparently he's um, from Utapau because at one point in one of the chapters they do like Ooh. a flashback and it was like Utapau 20 years ago and it's like ooh I haven't seen or heard Utapau since episode 3 um that but, ooh I got, I got to look up a picture of Alden, uh Dryden Voss not Alden Ehrenreich let me yeah well yeah but uh, another thing that it does is it uh flashes back to like Han 10 years ago or Lando 15 years ago and you know it kind of gives it kind of gives more backstory to what's going on in the current day story. And it's really interesting. And I'm it's, it's, it's a piece of content that I really, really, really enjoy. Like normally I listen to podcasts at work and I've just been putting this on and just getting lost. Like the other day I actually had to stop because I actually had to start working. Right. <laughs> Cause yeah. I was just paying attention. That's to why it's book. tough for me to get, I, I was actually trying to, um, cause you mentioned you, you got it through audible and I used to, Try to listen to the Game of Thrones books, the Song of Ice and Fire books from Audible, and I, I, it was either I would miss entire chapters at a time because I was doing work, or mm. I would do nothing at work because you need to pay attention to every second of those books. So, Fizen Gore, Fizen Gore is his name. That's the antagonist of the book. Okay, so he's so Dryden Voss is not an Utapauan. Yeah, Fizen Gore, Gore is. is okay. I was gonna say because I'm looking at a, I'm looking at like um, like stills from uh, from the solo trailers, and I was gonna say like maybe he could be a Nudipowan, but he has a lot more hair than I remember them having. Yeah. But besides that, that's pretty. That's pretty much been been it for me. I've had a pretty busy week. So, what about you? Um. So we were actually supposed to record a little earlier this week, and uh, my hamster actually passed away. Um, and it's a little relevant to the show because his name was Anakin. And um, I mean, he he was he was an older hamster, so it wasn't so much a. It was only a surprise because it happened so fast, but we kind of yeah. knew it was coming eventually because he was older. Yeah. Um, so it was very very sad, but well, uh, I, I made sure you. I, he's one with the force now. Yeah, I made sure I found a uh, because his name is Anakin. I found a nice little box to to bury him in at my uh, my my mother in law's house, and I drew um I drew a Jephor snippet on the box. Um, so it was it was you know it was it was a setting. I know he's like quote unquote only a hamster, but I mean he's yeah. he's always been there. Well, he he uh, he would live in my studio room, so I would always hear him scurrying around or eating or or running around or whatever while I would be recording a podcast. So. Well, you so, posted that picture of him, and I was just scrolling through my Facebook feed, and like me and Chelsea were just watching TV, and I go, "Oh!" and she went, "What?" I was like, "Now I'm sad," because <laughs> you yeah, posted that so. picture, but I was like, "Oh man!" Well, yeah, I quoted Yoda from uh, yeah from from uh, from the prequels, but when he was uh, when he was talking to to Master Yoda about his mother, yeah. So, um, but yeah, so let's, uh, let's talk yeah, about, let's some, get on a happier topic. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk about something happier. So, um, in good news, we don't have a lot of information on it. And, uh, and just to be upfront, this typically isn't going to be a news show again, 
if you want like a like a hardcore Star Wars news show, I, I would point you in the direction of probably Rebel Force Radio. Uh, no association. I just really like that podcast. Um, but we are going to cover news as it is necessary. <laughs> and so this week we got two bits of pretty pretty big news. Uh, the first one being that Star Wars Resistance has been announced. Uh, it's a new animated show from Dave Filoni and team. And um, so pretty much this is following uh, following Rebels finishing, you know, a couple months ago. The placement on the timeline of this is kind of what's interesting to everyone. It's kind of what we all assumed. It's going to take place, uh, it looks, it seems like right before Force Awakens, maybe a couple years before Force Awakens. So it's going to mm-hmm. star Poe Dameron, uh, which I believe Oscar Isaac is coming back for it, which is pretty cool. He is. Uh, I think Captain Phasma is also going to be in it with Gwendolyn Christie <laughs> returning. So I'm glad she gets to uh, to revisit the character in, in some form. Um, but it looks the big thing with this is it looks like the animation style is going to change dramatically. Because uh, Rebels was kind of a natural kind of continuation of the Clone Wars animation style. This show mm-hmm. seems like it's going to be more anime, like more Eastern influence. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm very interested to see where it goes. Um, especially because I mean, we haven't seen any stills or anything yet, but there is, uh, there, there's like a splash screen, like a, not a splash screen, like a, um, like a, kind of like a banner that they announced it on. And so you can kind of get an idea of like the animation style from that. It almost reminds me of, <sighs> hmm. I like, like, I almost want to say that they're going for like that um the Gendi like you remember, remember the Gendi Tartakovsky Clone Wars before like the Clone yeah. Wars I want to say they're aiming for something similar to that but I doubt they tapped Gendi for this just by the look of the cuz on the on the image that they give you like you you kind of see what it, what the art style is going to look similar to because there's a picture of a, a ship and a a picture of BB8 um, I, yeah, I would say that it it the it looks to me like it's like that original Clone Wars, but a little bit more Western. Like that's the kind of art style that it looks that it looks to me because it's not it's not so much like when I think of anime or think of you know uh, that 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 type of art style of uh, animation, I think of more like. Well, that Tartakovsky series was, I mean, he's the same guy that made uh, Samurai Jack. I mean, right. it was almost the same type of art style. Like, if you put, yeah. like, Anakin from that original Gendy series next to Samurai Jack, it's like they could be related. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like how, um, uh, that's a whole different tangent for, for yeah. a po- a well, t- game uh, gaming podcast I have. But I was going to say something similar. But. I have a real quick tangent. If anybody's going, if you haven't seen Infinity War, um, if you go to look for these articles of what we're talking about, don't, don't, uh, don't go to IGN because as I'm looking at this, you article cut out for what were saying. Um, the Star Wars Resistance. There's literally a video on the very top of the page. Uh, looks like Nate has uh, is having some technical difficulties. And as I scroll down, it follows um, me to the very bottom of the screen. So yeah, so I'll just kind of detail. So either I, uh, I, I, don't, I don't Star Wars Resistance. That's... Oh, there he is. There yeah. he is. You cut out yeah. for a minute. It... Are you? Uh, am I there? Yep, I hear you now. You cut off okay. for a second. You were about to, you were about to go into. You said if you haven't seen Infinity War and you're reading articles about something. 
Oh yeah, if you're reading the articles that we're talking about about the resistance, especially like I'm on the page for that, and there is a video playing of spo- straight spoilers from Infinity War. And as I scroll down the page, it's following me down the page. So I would stick. I would stick. Stay away from anything on IGN until you've watched the movie because that's pretty egregious. I just wanted to point that out because I'm trying to read this article and all I see is spoilers from Infinity War. Um, well, that's good to know. <laughs> that's, that's good to know for me because I'm looking at the same article and I haven't, yeah. <laughs> I haven't noticed that yet. Um, but yeah, so so all we know really about Star Wars Resistance other than a slight hint at the animation style um, it does look like they're going a little more Western with the style, a little more like Avatar Last Airbender-ish. Um, yeah, I could see that. Maybe a little shinier. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's yeah, Star Wars has a lot of metal stuff in yeah. it. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's going to be an animated series about a character named Kazuda Zayona. It's a young pilot recruited by the Resistance tasked with a top-secret mission to spy on the growing threat of the First Order. Uh, it's going to be featuring a high-flying adventure that audiences of all ages will come to expect have come to expect from Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars Resistance features the beloved droid BB-8 alongside ace pilots, colorful new characters, and appearances by fan favorites including Poe Dameron and Captain Phasma. Uh, those are voiced by Oscar Isaac and Gwendolyn Christie, respectively. So this seems like it's going to be a couple years before Force Awakens, then, because you got to imagine the First Order. I mean, they had Starkiller Base built in Force Awakens, so gotta imagine this has to be... I mean, how fast did the First Order rise? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they had to build their stuff at, at the very minimum, because their stuff isn't exactly the same. Mike's harder. After years like, the, like the, the, the ships that they had and everything, they weren't exactly, like, pre-made, as far as we know, so... Right. I'm very curious if they clarify... How far in advance of the Force Awakens this is? I wonder if we're gonna see a Ben Solo before he turns. Um, I mean, if if Gwendolyn Christie is already, or well, rather, if Captain Phasma is already uh, in in the in the the show, then um, I just feel like we might have another case of blurred timelines because Rebels was kind of a little blurred too. It was always like, well, it's like five years before Star Wars, but wait, no, it's like actually like two years before Star Wars. But wait, Rogue One's out, and Rogue One takes place before Star Wars 2, so is this actually two years before Rogue One? And then it kind of ties in, sort of, but even the end of, of Rebels doesn't really directly tie in. Um, so it's it, I, I wonder if we're going to have a little bit of a timeline uh, muddling with this show as well. Cause, uh, and anyone that watched the Clone Wars series knows that show made zero sense as far as the chronology of the episodes. That, so, uh, that show took place within a two year. It was like, it was the three years between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Correct. But yeah. all of the episodes were like out of order. Yeah, yeah. Not all of them, is... but like there were some that were out of order. Like I remember yeah. something about they show they show a Battle of Christophsis that actually takes place before the Battle of Christophsis that we see in the the Star Wars Clone Wars movie. Mm-hmm. So it's it, that that show is I got to look up a timeline for that. Maybe I, yeah. I want to rewatch Clone Wars in the correct order, like chronology wise. Yeah, yeah. That, that's um, something I want to do, too, is just to just to check that out. But when we started talking about this, I, I was just getting more and more excited because I was just thinking about all the possibilities. Like, even though I haven't seen Rebels, I know about I think it's three is three. Like, I don't not, if this is spoilers. Apologies. I don't think it is. Is it three when Ahsoka comes in? 
So Ahsoka. All right, we're we're just gonna spoil slight spoilers for like the middle part of Rebels. Ahsoka, I believe, comes in at the very last episode of season one. Like okay. it's revealed, like she was a character that they were actually talking to the whole time, but they didn't know that it was Ahsoka. Uh huh. So she's actually in seasons one and two, and then takes a little bit of a break in season three. Yeah. Try, trying I, to I, avoid I, spoilers there, but she's no, she's a, she's away in three. Yeah, I know that. I know that there is like stuff with her, and there's really good stuff with other characters that are that are in Rebels, and that that you know, I'll be honest. When Rebels first came out, I didn't give it the time of day. Like as much as I love Star Wars, the way it was, I didn't either was, at first, and then I yeah, the way it was given I, to me was like this is a kids show, and I'm like, well, you know, I have other stuff that I'm watching, and it wasn't until, it wasn't until Rogue One. And you had all the stuff with, um, oh my God, what is Forrest Whitaker's name? I just, I just remember. Uh, Saw Gerrera. So yeah, Saw Gerrera was in it. He tied in from Rebels. He was also in Clone Wars. Clone Wars. He yep. actually was originally from Clone Wars. That Saw Gerrera being in Rogue One was so interesting to me because it was the first time that it was like flip flopped that a character yep. from the side material, like the canon side material, like I guess so you would consider Clone Wars that because it is mm-hmm. canon. It was G canon before they blew up the timeline or the eu anyways um the first time that a character from that went to the big screen so it was so interesting for that but yeah like saw Guerrero tied in the ghost was in the battle of scarif uh mm-hmm. chopper was on uh the rebel base on yavin uh they call for uh for general Sindula as hera from from rebels um like you could yeah. hear them calling for her on the rebel base as well so there's a lot of nods to rebels in yeah. in rogue one it was really cool but what I'm excited about Resistance is maybe we'll get a lot of the stuff that we've been really wanting to see since The Force Awakens. You know, hope, uh, since she's on the cast, I really feel like we're going to see a lot more of Phasma. But what I would love to see is kind of how they show a lot of Vader in in Rebels, or not maybe maybe not a lot, but because again, I haven't seen it. I will, but I haven't seen it yet. Hopefully, we yeah, see you got to watch Rebels. It's so good. Like it, like uh, the I don't I don't know this for sure, but um, the way. I see it is the whole Knights of Ren coming together and Kylo tearing down Luke's temple is like within a manner like it feels like it's super fast like it's one after the other after the other and then you know it does especially after the last Jedi which we'll get to in a little bit uh, it does kind of feel like Kylo like there's the scene where where Luke ignites his lightsaber in front of Kylo Kylo freaks out breaks down the hut. And then it just feels like the next day he's Kylo Ren with the suit and yeah. and the Knights of Ren and they burn it down. So I agree with you there. Like it does kind so of that would be cool if we feel that way because Ren. Ryan Johnson didn't really clarify, and uh, I'm sure we'll get a flashback with J.J. Abrams. Yeah, in uh, episode nine. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but we, that'd be we cool will to see, see some Knights of Ren stuff in Resistance, you know, or anything yeah. That's why I'm saying I'm curious order. to see if Kylo is gonna be Kylo or if it'll still be Ben. That that's really what I'm interested in with this series is if Kylo is going to be turned already, and if we're going to see Snoke return too as well, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe we'll get some backstory on him. Uh, so yeah, so stay tuned for more information on Star Wars Resistance. Again, it was just announced, and there's not really anything on it. So uh, you know, when we have more information, we'll report back on it. But really, all we have right now is just that one little little splash reveal screen. Uh, but continuing on the HoloNet news roundup, as uh, as I have dubbed it, <laughs> is uh, we we have news that 
Han Solo actor Alden Ehrenreich signed on for more movies to play Han Solo. So uh, it looks like he signed up for three total. Uh, so that would mean two more after Solo releases in May. Mm-hmm. So I guess Disney and Lucasfilm are banking on this movie being a success. So we will certainly see. Um, yeah, how, how do you feel about news that they, they've already signed? Uh, see, okay, I want to hear what you think first, and, and then I'll chime in. Well, uh, like I've like I said, either last episode or first episode. Initially, whenever we saw him on screen, and you know, he saw him talk, I was like, I mean, yeah, he, you know, I I can see it, but it wasn't like one of those. But when I saw the trailer, the actual trailer last night at Infinity War, um, it, um, it it looked really, really good. Like that was a really good trailer. Like it definitely sold me more than the first one did. Um, and as he was performing, as he was talking, I was like, all right, I can see it more. Like his interactions with Chewie, I could definitely see it. But what I'm interested in is to what capacity is he going to be? Like, are they going to make solo sequel movies? Like, I don't. That's what I'm confused about. Because I know, I'm sure that's I, what it would be. So, do you think that a solo two would re, re, would make that last scheduled anthology movie after nine? Or no, or, I think that I think the solo sequels, if they get greenlit, would be their own thing. Like, a, I think that the the anthology kinda movie how after Ryan Johnson's nine doing his, tri- doing his new trilogy, kind of how Ryan Johnson is doing his new trilogy. Oh, I forgot, dude. There's so many Star Wars movies coming out. Oh my god. Uh, I mean, I, mean, that, that I, I definitely sense. think I definitely think that the post episode nine anthology movie is either going to be Boba Fett, which was previously rumored to be uh, in the works with uh, Josh Trank, but that's no longer. So I doubt that's a thing. Uh, but I do believe it's going to be Obi Wan. They have to do a Kenobi oh, movie. They have to. Um, so he I believe that that's so going to be. I, I believe that's going to be the the follow up to episode nine. Uh, and then I think the solo sequels would just be their own thing. I think they'll just be they'll be released whenever they're able to be released. I mean, once Episode Nine's out, it's good. They could do an anthology movie every year because it's not between the the saga movies anymore until they eventually yeah. announce Episodes Ten, Eleven, and Twelve. Uh, so I think that's probably what would happen is they would do the standalone anthology movies, and then in between that, do the solo sequels. If again, if big big if Solo does well and gets greenlit for sequels. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I mean, I'm 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 for it cuz everything I've seen so far, I've enjoyed, but that's that is my only question is in what capacity? Like what I just I just don't know how they're how how they plan on doing I mean, there's a more. it seems like there's a lot of time between Solo and Rogue One. It seems like this is about 10 or 11 years before before Rogue One, which would be about 11 and a half years correct. before Star Wars. Yeah. So there's a I lot of time one, between that. I think Rogue One th- was zero, because I had to look this up whenever I was doing the last shot thing. I think it's zero BBY. And I think so. I think Solo takes place 11 or four, 11. It's the gap it gave was 11 through 14 BBY. So yeah, about 11, 11 or so years. Yeah, that makes sense. So what I think is, I think this is getting totally overblown. I think that it's just a, a um, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, uh, like a formality of mm-hmm. they signed him up for three years just in case. You know, yeah. I think I think that's more what this is. 
I think realistically we might get maybe a sequel, um, but I I don't know if we would get a solo trilogy unless this sells better than than the Last Jedi or Rogue One. I yeah I I don't know if it'll sell better, but um, because everyone's expectations I feel like for the most part are fairly low to to moderate. Like this isn't a big saga movie that hopefully it will exceed everyone's expectations. Um, that's that's my hope. Because my expectations are still moderate, but after seeing that trailer, I definitely was more excited, and I want to see... I would like to see more of that, but at the same time, I don't want to get fatigued by that. I don't want to see so much Solo. Like, that's that's what everybody... That's, from my understanding, what everybody had a problem with when they announced this, was like, well, yeah, I kind of want to see it, but I also kind of like the fact that Han's backstory is just kind of a mystery. He's just this rogue pirate, basically, you know? So... I don't know if people would want a whole lot of like solo backstory. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's kind of where I was at. Where it's like, I'm not opposed to this movie because I know there's a, there's a lot of people online that are like, we don't need to know Boba Fett's like background. Which, to be fair, the prequels did kind of make Boba Fett less of an interesting character. I think maybe you can argue that maybe knowing how his father's demise was. And all that made it more interesting. I personally think, well, it kind of takes the mystique away. I never really was a huge Boba Fett fan in the first place, anyways. To be honest, mm-hmm. um, I mean, like I liked him fine, but I wasn't. I didn't think he was like the coolest character ever, like some other people are. Uh, I was always more of a, uh, you know, more of a Han fan. Um, mm. But I think, I don't know. It's just <laughs> like it's something, something about that cantina scene. Where you run into Han Solo and he's just chilling, and it's mm-hmm. kind of like that character's life starts yeah. there, like like everything he did in his life meant nothing because this is where his new life starts, where he's gonna get yeah. swept up. It's almost like Luke, where Luke gets swept up into this giant galactic conflict. The, the same thing kind of happens with Han, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously he's not the son of the chosen one. He doesn't have any force abilities. He's not gonna take down Darth Vader or Emperor Palpatine. But Han does kind of, I mean, like, he's the one, he saves Luke from Vader at the end of the movie. I mean, that's a huge, huge heroic act. And Han kind of does go on a similar-esque kind of hero's journey as Luke. And for me, it's something about you meet him in that cantina, and it's like, oh, okay. This guy's a scoundrel, but it doesn't matter, because he's not going to be anymore. You know? And so... if we're gonna, if if we have to have an origin story for Han, I want to see him being a scoundrel. You know, I want to yeah. see him being a space pirate. I want to see him screwing screwing over Jabba, and and I mean, I, like I kind of hope we get Greedo in this movie to like to at least some extent. I'm assuming. All right, we'll close this out on this question: Is Jabba the Hutt going to be in this movie? I hope not. Well, yes. I- I hope not, and I don't, because I don't, I don't, I don't want it to have the Spider-Man problem. I don't want too many antagonists. I, I kind of like a focused story, like Ugh. maybe, like maybe, maybe if they're like Amazing Spider-Man Two, you're saying? No, I was, well, either that or Spider-Man Three. I mean, they both had the same problem. I think Amazing Spider-Man Two had an even worse villain problem, where there was like, and Rhino was you. All right, we're getting off topic. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I I agree. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily know if we need Jabba in this movie. Maybe save yeah, that for a solo see, sequel. I don't want to see Jabba. I I don't mind a throwaway line of like, oh shit, I got to get Jabba, you know, or something like that. Like I I gotta or Jabba's after me, or I have something like that. But I don't I don't feel like I want to see Jabba. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. Like, have Jabba in the sequel if we if we're gonna if we have to see Jabba, because yeah, I mean Han is really young. What he's running from Jabba for ten years. Yeah. I feel like unless, the Jabba unless he runs the spot, right. unless he run is doing the Kessel Run for Jabba, and the yeah. Dryden Voss stuff is separate. I mean, there's this other character, Emphy's Nest. I guarantee that's gonna be like a throwaway character that he just like kills in the opening of the movie or something. I guarantee mm. it because they're making it look like he's this big bad character, like this big antagonist. Because th- there's that scene; it's like the Indiana Jones shot where he's like about to take his his gun from his belt. It's a great uh-huh. shot, beautiful shot. I wonder if that was Ron Howard himself or if that was shot with Lord and Miller. Uh, really interested to see if they talk about that shot on the bonus content when this eventually comes out in VOD, which I don't want to think about yet. <laughs> um, but I guarantee that he's just gonna one shot him right there. No pun intended. Like he's gonna, he's just gonna like just you know do the do the yeah. classic like cowboy like draw and just light him up and then and, and that character Emphis Nest is just gonna be gone. Like I I guarantee that character is insignificant. So I think that Dryden Voss is going to be a bad guy. And then I think Jabba, Jabba, I think he's got to be in it. I think even if he's not physically in it, I think it's going to be like Dryden Voss was actually just like a, a, like an underling for Jabba. You know, I think that that'll be like the big reveal. Maybe at the end of the movie spoilers, I don't really know if it's a spoiler, but maybe um, just kind of spitballing. I I think maybe Dryden Voss is working for Jabba, but you don't find that out till the end of the movie. I think that's what's gonna happen. If he's in it, just ha- have it be some small capacity. Don't make him a big part of the movie. Yeah, like I think that's it'll my, be like they'll, they'll mention him or or like you'll see him on a hologram or something. But I don't I don't think he's actually gonna be in it. And there's other rumors, and I, we'll wrap this up with this. But uh, there's rumors Boba Fett's gonna be in this movie too. I hope not. I, I just yeah, it's gonna it's yeah, gonna feel too forced. And it's something yeah. about like something about Han not meeting Boba Fett until Empire. That's like one thing I want to hold on to of like like no Han doesn't meet Boba Fett until Empire. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, so yeah, so we'll move on to our final segment of the week because uh, I know you got to run soon. Uh, so you wanted to talk about the first Jedi Temple on the Octu Island in the Last Jedi. Uh, just to return to our Last Jedi discussion because we're going to be talking about this movie for quite a while because there is a lot to unpack from it. Uh, so for those unfamiliar, those who haven't seen The Last Jedi, you probably should go watch it. Uh, the first Jedi Temple was an ancient building established and maintained by the Jedi Order on Octo. It was the first of many temples built throughout the galaxy, and one of the few that were not demolished by the Galactic Empire. Luke Skywalker came to live near the temple as a hermit after his apprentice and nephew Ben Solo turned to the dark side of the Force and destroyed his new generation of Jedi. And this is per Wikipedia. Uh, so yeah, so what did you want to talk about with this with this Jedi Temple? There's, I feel like there is a lot to unpack with this as well. We, I feel like we could talk a lot, a lot about the first Jedi Temple, but um, I think what I like the most is that it was just a very interesting set piece for them to do. Like it, it, uh, there's so much mystery and so much you you information that you want to know that they kind of give you like little you know glimpses of. But um, but at the same time in the Last Jedi they are able to make this island. I don't want to say necessarily a character, but it's a very important part of the movie. Like it shows you some of the wildlife that lives there. It shows you the caretakers. It it it's not just oh that's this place that that um, Luke was uh, 
uh, Luke was secluding himself on. Just to expand on that idea, I think that one scene where Luke is teaching Ray to to kind of see using the Force, I think that shows. Like in that sequence, you see like a baby pork, and then you see like a dead animal, but then you see uh, like grass growing, and then you see like the waves crashing against the rocks. And I think that scene is doing exactly what you're saying. It's kind of making, gi- giving you an attachment to this island, saying, and obviously it's a metaphor for all living things everywhere, not just Octu, but I, the fact that we're seeing it on Octu, uh, I think that kind of expands on that mentality of this kind of, this is kind of a character. Yeah, so it's in the same way, way that we would say maybe like like uh, like the the Dagobah swamp kind of has a character to it, you know, or like the Millennium Falcon ha- has a character to it. Yeah. By the way, that was a really great scene when he's when he's like you know telling her to reach out and she's like, you, "Do you feel something?" He's like, "I feel it, I feel it," and he's like tickling her hand with that leaf and then just slaps it. <laughs> and she was like, I, "Ow!" I almost feel like that scene was ad libbed, and I kind of hope it was. Yeah, because because it, it it almost felt like real life. If it, it almost felt more like Mark Hamill than than Luke Skywalker, but I, I think I would be okay with it if it was. Yeah, but going back to it, there is a lot of mystery that surrounds it, and you know the whole thing with the ancient tree and the Jedi texts. You know, that's it's it, it makes me. I don't I don't want to see like maybe in like a passing shot, not like an actual like two hour long thing dedicated to that. But you know, I'd like to see. Like, what's the history on this place? What's, you know, why why is it there? You know, why is that the home of the ancient Jedi texts? Well, I mean, because it's the first Jedi temple. But, um, you know, it, it it's one of those that it left you wanting more, but not in, a like, a teasing way. Like, it was, it, it, like you said, Dagobah is the best example of it. You want to kind of know what this place is. This place has its mystery to it, but it, it kind of tells you a lot of what you need to know just in that, um, hour long in in total that you see it there and so i think we're going to get a little bit of that information because obviously ray stole the texts from the from the, the tree before she left mm-hmm. so I'm, i think we might get a little 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 glimpse of that in episode nine uh, which we still don't have a name for it yet by the way uh, and i don't even think it started filming <laughs> yet I, I know that uh john boyega just got uh his script for it recently um, but the thing that I like about just Octo in general is we kind of have these these there's a balance to it. I mean, there's and Luke even says it. There's a powerful light, powerful dark, and there's the the cave that we talked about on last week's episode, and then there's the force tree, and uh, and I mean this island, this planet rather. I, I mean, I specifically this island is so kind of it's almost like a conduit for the force similarly to mortis i think mm-hmm. and i mean mortis was very fantastical i think mortis actually was an embodiment of like a conduit to the force i think this this planet is just more in tune with the force but in the same way that dagobah was because yoda landed on dagobah like he chose to go to go in exile on dagobah because it was so strong on the force and that's how he was able to practice and learn to become a force ghost uh through qui-gon jinn and I think that's maybe why this temple was on this island is because it probably was so, uh, you know, so in tune with the force. And I don't know, I, I, what did you think about the tree? Did, did you like the tree? Did you like the way it looked? Like, did you like, I thought, it, I thought it was going to be a lot bigger on the inside. Like, it's just kind of like a little hallway and then like 
a couple books on like a little stone shelf. I didn't have necessarily a problem with it. It kind of a uh making a callback to Clone Wars, it kind of reminded me of that um little like courtyard area at the Jedi Temple on Coruscant. Oh, yeah, okay. Has... Right, that makes sense. I didn't even yeah, I didn't so, even think about that. That makes sense. So, it that being like kind of a set piece, I was like, okay, like you know, maybe that, that maybe there was things that were surrounding that and maybe the wilderness just kind of like you know, grass grew around it and things like that. Um, to throw to throw in in there, the probably the best part about the Jedi Temple, like any of the Jedi Temple scenes, was Yoda. Like that was one of those. Even my first viewing, even though I wasn't super up on it, my first viewing when I saw that, when I saw the actual Yoda puppet, it was just like, oh my god! Like it's it it was like. Just it brought a smile to my face. Yeah, I I was grinning from ear to ear. I was so happy. Like it was one of those moments where no matter what, and I actually was enjoying Last Jedi up until that point, but I know a lot of people weren't. But no matter who you are, unless you're just a crotchety old Star Wars fan that hates everything about the new Star Wars, like if you have a soul, you had to have a smile on your face when you saw Yoda. Yeah, and and the fact that he had like he had the the classic laugh that. <laughs> And yeah, the, he was you know what I mean? like, and like just the way that he's laughing at Luke as Luke is in in peril, like it was just oh, it was so good, it was so good. Yeah. And then, and then what's he interesting? Just, he, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say, and it's just like you know, Luke is like, I have to destroy it, and he was like, oh that, and just calls down lightning, and you know, he's like, what about the sacred text? And like he freaks out, and Yoda's just like. It basically, like you need to learn to let go. <laughs> but I, what I think is, I, th- I think Yoda knew Rey took the books. I think that's why he's just like, well, I got nothing to lose. Let's light it up. What I want to yeah, talk, yeah. what I want to ask you, Yoda appears in physical form to an extent. He hits Luke with his mm-hmm. with his his walking stick, like his cane, like physically hits him. Like you hear the thud and everything. Mm-hmm. Is this set up for Luke returning in corporeal form in Episode Nine? Probably. I mean, I mean, it's not the same thing as hitting, but you think back to, um, oh God, was was Obi was Alec Guinness's Force Ghost? Was it in uh, Empire or Return of the Jedi when he's on Dagobah? Uh, both. I thought. Uh, mm, okay. It might have. It might have. I think it might have only been. It was. It was Return of the Jedi because Luke had a. Re- it was post Luke finding out that Vader was his father, and then Obi Wan yeah. goes and sits down on the log with him. Yeah, well, I mean, he physically sits down on the thing. You so hear I, Obi Wan's voice in in Empire. Yeah, when he says, "I cannot yeah. teach him," and then he goes, "You know, he's like, you know, I'm paraphrasing. Like, I was like that when I was younger too." Yeah, so I I I I think so. I mean, it makes total sense. They haven't really shown that apart from you know Alec Guinness sitting on the log, but it would make total sense to me that these beings who are entwined with the Force, who are one with the Force, can make themselves physically representative. I mean, Luke did it before he succumbed to that be in the actual force. I mean, he he made a physical form of himself that was interacting with everyone else. So yeah, I you're right. I think they are setting the groundwork to show stuff like that, but that's that's what that's one of those things that I went back to like on my first viewing. I was like, "Okay, cool. Yeah, he Luke became one with the force, but it didn't mean anything to me. It wasn't this big impactful moment to me because I was like, I know he's coming back. Like it's, it's. I know he's well, he even says, "I'll see you around, kid." 
See, the yeah. thing is, Mark Hamill's trying to throw people off. He's saying, I don't know if I'm coming back for it. I don't know if I care because Carrie's not going to be there, all that. I, I genuinely cannot tell if that's Mark Hamill being sincere because there was uh, there was kind of a candid uh, behind-closed-doors kind of interview with him. Not really an interview, just like a conversation that got recorded. And it sounded sincere that he's like, I don't really care if I come back for nine. Like I did, I feel like I closed off my character story. But mm-hmm. the other part of me is like, obviously Luke's going to be back. Uh, you know, obviously he's going to be back. And I just, I don't know. We, we got to wait to see what uh, what episode nine is shaking out to be. Uh, what I want to ask you is, because uh, we talked about the tree. I want to talk about inside the temple. There's that, uh, mm-hmm. the scene, if you're looking on the Wikipedia, the Wikipedia page, uh, that Ray is standing by this little, almost like a crest on the floor, mm-hmm. and it shows like the Jedi insignia, which is kind mm-hmm. of similar to the Resistance insignia. Um, which I think when they designed the Jedi insignia before, you know, around the time of the prequels, I don't know if they had thought in advance about how they were gonna develop. You know, I mean, like what the relationship between the two was, because they do look similar. Yeah. Um, but that's not what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is when they're in that room together. Luke says Darth Sidious. He doesn't say the Emperor. He doesn't say Emperor Palpatine. He doesn't say Palpatine. He says Darth Sidious. How do you think Luke even came to know that his his name was Darth Sidious? Because as far as we knew in the original trilogy, like in the prequels, we knew he's Darth Sidious because you know Darth Tyrannus and 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 all that. They and and uh, Darth Sidious. You know the the mm-hmm. Nemordians. They all say it you know a lot. But in the original trilogy, he's just the Emperor. And so, did that did that stick out to you? I feel I, it doesn't bother me. I'm fine with it, but it it stuck out like it like it, it stood out to me. Where I was like, wait a minute, why is he calling him Darth Sidious? You know, like why isn't he calling him the Emperor? Like when he says like he's like it almost felt like he should have said like they the Jedi in the height of their power allowed the Emperor to rise in power, but instead he says allow Darth Sidious to rise in power. If I was to if I was to guess, um. I feel like I feel like to the Jedi specifically that in some form or another they would know him as Darth Sidious for whatever reason, just because there's always been that connection with the Sith and the and the Jedi. You know, you always have the when it comes to the Sith, you have the like the Darth names, Darth Vader, Darth Tyrannus. So I feel like that would be, and also he uh, Luke. By the time we met him, he's well learned i mean he's he's it's, it's 30 years he's become a jedi master so he he maybe um you know looked that knowledge up maybe he maybe he came know, to came to realize, came, or maybe he see what i want to see in episode 9 and what we didn't get in last jedi i want to see luke talk to anakin i would love that would anakin love that was there in the return of the jedi as a force ghost you know, mm-hmm. like he was there. Like that's where he would learn everything about the Emperor from. Because Yoda didn't. Yoda and Obi Wan. The only thing they knew about the Emperor was that he used to be a senator who became a chancellor who abused his power. And then, oh, he's actually secretly the the Darth Lord of the Sith too. Someone can correct us. If you want to hit us up on Twitter, you can do that. I can't. I I feel like I have a memory of someone, whether it be Yoda or someone else in the original trilogy, say the words Darth Sidious. I don't know if that was maybe an additional thing that was that was added in like a special feature, but I feel like I heard somebody say that name once in the original trilogy. I don't. I know feel like you might asked. be thinking of when Yoda runs into him in Revenge of the Sith. No, 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 no. Because I remember if it was Yoda, it was him older. Like, like I have a, uh, I have a 
some I, I could be totally wrong, but I feel like I remember um, someone saying Darth Sidious. Like I, it sounds well, right that it would be. They Yoda don't even Dagon. say the word Sith in the original trilogy. I I'll don't think look it up in post back. Yeah, look it up. I'm pr- I'm pretty sure they don't mention the name Darth Sidious. They only know because Dar- you got to remember Darth Vader. Darth was originally supposed to be his first name, and Vader was his last name, and then they turned it into Darth is kind of like a like a sir type of like a like a knightly evil knight, you know, like that kind mm-hmm. of like a title. Like Darth is a title, but originally, originally in in 1976 when when George was writing it, he was just like his name was Darth Vader. And then it became, well, he's Anakin Skywalker, and he's Vader with the title of Darth, you know what I mean? So, I don't I don't think they ever mentioned Palpatine. I mean, uh, rather, I don't even think they mentioned Palpatine either. I think they just called him the Emperor. Um, but I don't think yeah. they mentioned Sidious. I don't think so. But that's that's something good to look up. Maybe uh, maybe both of us should go rewatch the original trilogy. Yeah. For the for the yeah, 500 and first time. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so we're running a bit late. Is there anything you wanted to close it out on for the Jedi Temple or uh, Octo in general uh, before we get into our final uh, final segment of the day? In in episode nine, I would like to I would like to see more about it. I would like to find out a little bit more about it. Maybe maybe if it's just the conversations about the sacred texts or you know there there is that shroud of mystery that I kind of want I kind of do want to know more about like why you know what what happened in the first Jedi Temple. You know I, that's probably something that's been spread across the novelizations in like the EU, but you know it's. I would like to know more about it in some capacity. Maybe that's something that they can. Well, no, no, they wouldn't cover that in Resistance because they didn't know where Luke was. So never mind. That's well, they could maybe that. show Luke finding Octo. I don't maybe. know if Luke's going to be in it at all. That's that's the only thing. I mean, I maybe. can see an old Luke being in it for like an, like a cameo, like one episode, like how they did uh, in in Rebels. They would have like Leia. I mean, it wasn't Carrie obviously because she was older, but. Um, they had like a young Leia in it for an episode. They had Billy D in a couple episodes of Rebels. Like it was actually Billy D as Lando. So I can see Mark Hamill it, doing that. I mean, he's no no stranger to animated series. You know what I mean? He was the Joker for a million years. Yeah. So I, I can we'll see, see Mark the, Hamill popping in for an episode or two. I could too, but I think it's really going to depend on time uh, on on time wise because from the sh- from the scenes of the flashback scenes of Luke quote unquote attacking Ben. Ben looked a a lot younger in the Force Awakens. He's about twenty nine, so it's gonna it's gonna and you can even see too from when we see Luke in the Last Jedi to Luke in that flashback scene, he's definitely aged more, possibly you know a ten year gap. So we'll just have to see when the timeline lines up. Maybe maybe if it is one of those like cloudy like oh i don't know when exactly the time is on this animated show maybe that'll work but that's my only thing on that i'm just glad that we're getting something to tie into the uh to the sequel trilogy yeah finally uh i mean i love the original trilogy you and i have both said uh, uh ad nauseum on and off the podcast about how much we love that pre the uh the original trilogy era and how rogue one just looked so perfect to like it, it fit in that kind of that time period and solo kind of looks that same way whether or not the movie itself is going to be any good at least it looks like that time period that we love uh, but I do want to start getting a little little bit of both you know what I mean I want to get some some stuff in that time period and I want to see some stuff in this this sequel period as well so I'm glad we're getting uh resistance I'm glad that we can kind of tie that into the stuff that we're talking about with the last Jedi and, and force awakens I want to revisit force awakens maybe next week 
I got to rewatch it. But I, I want to maybe revisit that and see if there's any kind of correlations between Last Jedi and Force Awakens that we're not picking up on. So maybe we should, uh, if, if we have time, obviously, because uh, I still got to beat God of War uh, <laughs> yeah. for my other podcast. Um, but if we have time, I, I want to see if we can both rewatch Force Awakens and Last Jedi, see if there's anything we didn't pick up on. Uh, but you yeah. get a run, so let's close out on the weekly holocron, which uh, this week is going to be about Amelyn Holdo uh, sticking with the Last Jedi theme. Uh, I think we might might uh, start moving on from Last Jedi. Generally speaking, we're still going to talk about Last Jedi a lot, but we're gonna let, let's start bringing up other stuff. So we'll close out with with Amelyn Holdo, she's played by Laura Dern. She was a human female from the planet of Gadalenta, which I've never heard of before until now. In her youth, Holdo served as the apprentice legislature of the Imperial Senate. Oh, exciting! Where she became acquainted with Princess Leia Organa of Alderaan. During her time in the apprentice legislature. Holdo became friends with Organa, who confided in her about involvement with the rebellion against the Galactic Empire. So Holdo was around, and this is per Wikipedia as well. Uh, Holdo has been around, in the story at least, since the Galactic Empire. So at least since, you know, like like 3 BBY, or ABY, sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm calling it right now that Holdo is almost going to guarantee to be in Resistance. She has to be, right? Has to be. She, it'll be re- she, voiced. She the voice will be recast, but I think Holdo has to be in it because she she seems like just by her presence in the Last Jedi, this is a really important character. And then we just we don't see nearly enough of her in the movie. Like it's enough for the movie, but for her character, no, I don't think so at all. I think that I think they kind of this is going to sound abrasive. I just don't know how else to word it. I think they wasted her character by killing her. Because I think mm-hmm. she could have mm-hmm. stuck around. I think it could have been her and Poe together in in episode nine. And obviously, they didn't have the foresight of knowing Carrie wasn't going to be there. I think if they had yeah. known that Carrie wasn't going to be there, that they might have kept Holdo around. Uh, but I thought that she could have been a good character to maybe mentor Poe. Like, at the end of the movie, she kind of realizes. She even goes, like, yeah, I like him. Like, acknowledging, like, yeah, she was giving him a hard time the whole movie. But she knew he was doing, you know, he had good intentions. Uh, mm-hmm. so I do kind of wish she was going to be around. So I, in that sense, I agree with you. I hope she's in resistance. Yeah. And we could definitely talk, talk about her more to an extent. Hopefully we'll be able to talk about her more if she actually is on resistance. You know, we can, um, definitely do like a, like a, like a focus on her because I feel like just the way they presented her in the last Jedi, she's a super important character, but you're right. They just, they, I feel like in the movie, they just ruined her potential because they just killed her off. I mean, it, I'm with you. I would have loved to have seen her and Poe together in, in nine and see how they, it's, I wanted to see them get along together. That's the thing is like the whole movie, they were against each other. And then finally when Poe realizes, Oh, she did have a plan the whole time, whether or not it was a good plan. Uh, yeah, we maybe next week we'll argue about whether or not Holdo's plan was more dumb or Luke's plan at the beginning of Return of the Jedi. Because I still, I, I need to talk about that next week. Because Luke's Luke's plan at the start of Return of the Jedi makes no sense to me. Um, but yeah, so it, so it looks like Holdo joined the Resistance, the Alliance to Restore the Republic, rather, so the the Rebellion uh, during the Galactic War. And um, it looks like. Imperial uh, Remnant reorganizes the First Order. It looks like she was a Vice Admiral at the start of the Resistance in 28 ABY. So, mm. I want to see when this 
the resistance show takes place like what what year on the timeline because if the resistance was formed in 28 ABY that would mean that the first order was around at or before that you know yeah uh, which would make sense because uh, the last Jedi takes place in 34 ABY which would mean that force awakens takes place probably 33 uh, I mean it's mm. it's they kind of tie directly into one another like the the beginning yeah. of last Jedi is essentially the end of force awakens. Uh, yeah. So I'm very, very interested. Um, but so you did like Laura Dern's performance. I liked her. I thought she was good. I, I liked how she kind of was. She kind of had that sense of like, I've dealt with people like you before, Poe, just like, like piss off. Like, like, you know, like I liked her the first, first viewing. And I really, really enjoyed her the second viewing. Like I, it, I guess because I knew what was coming, like seeing, seeing her, seeing uh, her character, in the last Jedi for the second time, like it clicked, it made a lot more sense. And it was just, it was, you know, I still don't know if, if it would have been better if she would have told him or not, but it, we could talk about that at a later time too, but I really did like her performance a lot. Yeah. So if you're listening, let us know what you thought about Admiral Haldo, uh, whether or not she worked as a character in last Jedi and whether or not you would like to see her return, uh, albeit in the opposite order of the timeline in uh, star wars resistance you can hit us up on twitter at uh ooh, that's my other podcast at hello yeah. there podcast uh i'm sorry hello there pod at hello there pod on twitter hello there podcast at gmail.com i really need to make those so they stink up uh, you can hit me up uh, at anthony palm on twitter and nate you are at s-y-c-s-t-i-x-1-7 on twitter six sticks 17 that's correct. Uh, yeah. So next week, let's uh, let's uh, let's plan on talking a little bit more about the Force Awakens and uh, okay. comparing and contrasting it to Last Jedi. Uh, you have anything you want to close out on before we run? Um. Uh. Yeah. I'll either next episode or the episode after. Um. I'm going to be coming up with a list of um, things to either watch, read, or look at before going to see Solo. I've already kind of started that. Um. Spoiler alert. Last shot is one of them because <laughs> it's it's just really good, but um so look forward to that. Um, I th- I was something else I was gonna say and it just fell flat. <laughs> so so that's pretty much it. Look forward to that. That should be coming up soon. Um, I'm working on it right now, like I said. So I'll be able to give you an actual comprehensive list of some good primers going in to solo. That sounds like a great idea. Also, you can catch Nate's other podcast, Hope County Radio. I talked about Far Cry 5, and I believe you're going to be talking about other Ubisoft games too, right? Um, so you can catch uh, maybe that at some point. Yeah, so catch him if you like Far Cry 5 or Far Cry in general. Go check that out, Hope County Radio, on any of your podcast services. You could also check out my other podcast, PS Best Friends. It's a weekly PlayStation podcast. Uh, and we also do an, a bi-weekly show within that feed called Cocktail Hour, where it's the, po- the host of that show just kind of shooting the shit. Uh, But yeah, so thank you for tuning in. This has been Hello There, Episode 3. Thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. So uncivilized.